You are listening to Cornelia Church. Passion for God, compassion for people. Well, hello, church. Welcome once again to our 40 Days of Prayer series. We are in week four this week, and if you've missed the other weeks, it's all right. You'll, you'll be uh, right where you need to be, and you'll receive what you need to receive from this message. But we certainly want to encourage you to go back and pick up uh, from the previous weeks, because uh, each one really does build and grow as we learn more and more about how to pray, how to press into prayer, how to pray when things are difficult, uh, what to do when God says no to our prayers, all these things that are so key to our lives as followers of Christ. Uh, if you are uh, following along in your notes today, if you have uh, your 40 days of prayer uh, workbook, you can get that out. There's a spot for notes, as you may have noted, uh, for each weekend message. And so today's is on page 91. If you don't have one of these books, it's all right. You can take notes on a piece of paper or on your phone or any of those certainly work. Uh, one of the things that I discovered is that these single pages of notes for sermons are never enough for me. Uh, and so they have extra spots in the back there for those of you that are note takers. And uh, my outline today has about nine points and so either write real small or get ready to go to one of those pages in the back. And if you're uh, watching and you don't have one of the workbooks uh, and you would like to get the outline, you can do so if you're watching within one week, whether you're streaming live or you're kind of within a week of when we stream this live, you can get that uh, mess, the sermon outline today on uh, Uversion. And you just go to the events tab and you look up our zip code or Quinonia Church and you'll find uh, the outline for this week. And it'll make it a lot easier to follow along. I'd love it if you grab a Bible and you have your Bible out, preferably if it's a physical Bible, that's great, because in just a moment I'm going to refer to a verse. I'm going to have you uh, circle some things in it. Uh, if you have a digital Bible, that's okay too. Just get ready to copy and paste that verse maybe into uh, your notepad or some place where you can make some notes on it. Uh, let me pray for us and, and we'll begin. Jesus, I thank you that today uh, you're here ready to meet with us, and we're just reaching out to you, Lord, we're asking for help, that you would truly teach us how to pray, that you would teach us uh, about your heart, Lord, and how to pray uh, what you want us to pray, uh, how to uh, communicate with you on a deeper level, and how to pray effectively, Lord. We, we want to know and understand these things, and we want to be close to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, so I'm going to talk to you for the next few minutes about how to pray throughout your day. And I want to begin with a verse from the Apostle Paul, one of his books uh, or letters to the church in Ephesus. It's uh, called Ephesians. And Paul, if you want to learn to pray, boy, look at, at the Apostle Paul. Just read his letters because he always begins his letters in prayer. He always ends his letters in prayer. Uh, halfway through his letters, he usually launches into a prayer. I mean, he just seems to live in prayer at all times. And it's a wonderful way to get a sense of how, as we live our daily lives, we can just kind of uh, begin to move into prayer at any moment. And I, I want to read to you Ephesians uh, chapter 6, uh, verse 18. Uh, so if you have your Bible, you can open up there. Uh, and as I said, if you've, you've got you version, your digital version, open up to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. And this is an incredible prayer that Paul prays uh, for the Ephesian church, and he prays it for us today. He says, in this way, pray in the Spirit at all times with all kinds of prayers, asking for everything you need. To do this, you must always be ready and never give up, and always pray for all God's 
people. We start there because this is an incredibly rich uh, verse that really gives us seven, uh, seven parts to prayer, seven kinds of prayer, seven ways that we're supposed to pray. And I just want you to circle those physically in your Bible, or like I said, copy and paste and begin to break that verse up so that you can see these seven elements of prayer that are so key for us to grab a hold of. The first thing uh, he says is pray in the Spirit. That's number one, pray in the Spirit. Now, what is praying in the Spirit? Praying in the Spirit is following what the Holy Spirit wants to pray for. It is all about how he desires to pray through us. And so it's being sensitive and listening, Lord, what do you want to pray for? Uh, and uh, oftentimes, we just pray what we want to pray for. We don't ask the Lord, Lord, would you guide our prayers and lead our prayers? And when we do that, we'll find maybe he brings someone to mind uh, in particular, or, or he brings a situation to mind. And, and, and by listening to what he has to say, listening to those things that he drops into our heart, we'll discover little by little that we're praying more and more in his spirit. We're finding that he's guiding us. Uh, the second part there is at all times, right? Pray in the spirit, number two, at all times. Uh, that is, we're supposed to pray all the time. There's never a time that we're not uh, supposed to pray. There's never a time that's not a good time to pray. Uh, even in the most challenging situations, uh, even in when, when we're around a lot of people that don't know about prayer, we can, we can be praying. We can be praying internally. We can be praying externally. There's lots of different uh, times and places. Uh, thirdly, with all kinds of prayers, with all kinds of prayers. Now, there are many, 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 many different types of prayers. And what we'll do if we're not careful is we'll fall into just kind of our routine of prayer, our, our style of prayer, and we'll end up just kind of praying the thing over and over again in the way that we have learned, and we'll just repeat it. But prayer is so diverse that we really should never stop with just one kind of prayer. And, and if you want to explore the types of prayer, one of the best places you can do that is in the book of Psalms, because the Psalms, which is a prayer book, it's a, it's a song book, uh, is just full of all different kinds of prayer. In the Psalms, you see that there is praise, you see that there is uh, contemplation, you see that there is uh, the complaining. There's all kinds of different types of prayer that are right there. And as you begin to explore it, you'll discover, wow, my, my prayer life can expand just a little bit. The fourth is, uh, as Paul says, asking for everything you need. Asking for everything you need. There is no off-limit subjects when it comes to prayer. And God actually wants to hear our requests in regards to everything that is on our heart, everything that we encounter, uh, because he's interested in all of those things. It might be physical, it might be financial, uh, could be relational, could be sexual, could be political. You like, I like all the uh, ales, the familial, uh, maybe an inguinal. I guess if you have a hernia, you could have, pray an inguinal prayer. There's all kinds of different things that we should be praying about, and we should never hesitate to talk to God about anything that's on the list, anything that comes to mind. He's interested in all of it. Number five is always be ready. Always be ready. That is, uh, at any time, we should have a strategy for prayer. Now, there's nothing wrong with spontaneous prayers. Uh, help God prayers are wonderful prayers uh, at, when they're prayed at the right moment. But if that's all we have is spontaneous prayer, then we'll miss out on this understanding of how God wants to talk to us continuously. So we have to have a strategy for prayer. And actually, that's what we're going to talk about today is building a strategy that helps us pray all throughout our day. The sixth part there in the verse is never give up. Never give up. Never stop praying. 
don't just say it once and walk away and assume that it's over, but we just keep this relationship, this communication going with heaven because God wants to hear our voice. And then lastly, number seven there, it says, for all God's people. So we don't just pray for ourselves, we pray for everyone. We pray that's really that intercession piece where we're moving beyond our needs, our wants, our immediate sphere of influence, and we remember that God has called us to pray for others as well. So let's be ready to pray. Let's have a strategy for prayer. Let's move into prayer in all of its rich diversities. And, and the way that we can do that is we begin to build a lifestyle of prayer and prepare ourselves to do that. Now, how are we going to do that? I just want to give you quickly for your notes two habits that will help you pray throughout your day. So as we begin to strategize, we're going to think, okay, well, what can I build into my day that can help me pray continually? So the first one is simply this, and I want you to write this down. You need to keep a running conversation with God. You need to keep a running conversation with God. You know, we think of prayer as very transactional sometimes. You know, we're, we're going to you know, it begins with the dear Lord, dear Jesus, dear God, and it ends with an amen. And, and that transaction that happened, uh, happened once upon a time and, and it's over and then we walk away into our real life. But the reality is, is that we need to be talking and praying at all times. We don't just open and close in prayer. Really, we just kind of need to leave it open-ended so that we're having this continual conversation with him. As we just read Ephesians 6, 18, pray on every occasion, right? As the Spirit leads, we're supposed to be always open to Him praying through us. Paul says in, in 1 Thessalonians that we are to never stop praying. Now, how in the world are we going to never stop praying? How in the world are we going to pray all the time? I think the thing that we want to remember, or, or at least a strategy that you can use, is that instead of talking to yourself, all the time, which we tend to do, right? Be, throughout your day, aren't you just kind of having this internal dialogue with yourself? You're you're challenging yourself, you're questioning yourself. Someone gives you a look, you're wondering, what do they mean by that look? You know, they say something, you start to think about it. You're having always this running dialogue with yourself. Well, it's not a terribly difficult switch to begin to turn that to instead of having this conversation with yourself, let's have that conversation with the Lord. Well, what, what, what do they mean by that? I'm not sure if I totally got that. Why do they look at me that way? And God, I'm, I'm faced with this situation, this challenge. What, what am I going to do about this? And we begin to switch to talking with God rather than just talking to ourselves. Prayer is to the soul what food is to the body. It's critical for our functioning. And so we're going to feed ourselves at all times throughout the day if we continually Pray. The second thing, uh, the second habit that we can do that's going to help us build this lifestyle of prayer is that we can schedule prayer times throughout the day. Now, this is, we're going to get incredibly practical here, and you're going to like this message if you're not familiar with this concept, because we have to begin to build a habit of going to God over and over again. And it's not enough just to, to talk about a good idea. It's not enough just to list off, you know, seven different uh, uh, ways that we can pray. We actually have to begin to create a discipline or a habit, a practice of prayer. Uh, and I, I just want to give you very uh, practical ways of doing that. Psalms 119 verse 164 says, seven times a day I praise you. Seven times a day I praise you. This is a concept that the Jewish people had where they were going to go to God continually in prayer. We see in the book of Daniel when Daniel is known to pray three times a day. Everybody knows it. His friends know it. His neighbors know it. They know that he's a man that prayed 
regularly. Now, this practice of regular prayer has de developed over the years in the Jewish tradition. And so they knew they were supposed to pray whenever they were walking along the road, as, as it says in uh, the Old Testament, whenever they were uh, sitting uh, down, having a conversation with their children, they're always supposed to be engaged in this relationship with God. But during the Roman era, during the Roman Empire, the Romans did something very particular that the Jews took and they used for the purpose of prayer. The Romans were obsessed with time. It was around 200 BC, 300 BC that, uh, that they begin to use sundials and they begin to, to measure the hours of the day and they begin to divide the day up into these 12 and 24 hour segments. And the Romans began to install a bell tower in every town uh, and they would ring the bell. The, the first ring of the bell every day was what they called the Ora Prima. It was the first hour of the day. It was at really 6 a.m. is that sunrise time. And that was for the Romans the time that said, hey, it's time to get to work. Let's make sure that, that everybody begins the day with work. And so they would ring the bell uh, and every hour or every few hours. And each of those hours had a particular name. So Ora Prima was that first one. And they had the Ora Tertia, which is the third hour. And sometimes as you read through the New Testament, particularly in the account of Jesus and the crucifixion, or at times when it was referring to when they would pray, it'll make those notes at the third hour or at the ninth hour. Well, that was that Roman way of telling time. So, so they would ring the bell at certain times throughout the day and it would indicate different things, right? They, at lunchtime or at noontime, uh, it would ring the bell and it would be siesta time, right? And then you would break for the middle of your day for about two or three hours and they would ring the bell again and you would go back to work at the sixth hour and then you would work until the ninth hour or, or whatever it was. So they had divided time up in a way and they did it because of work, but the Jewish people took it and they said, ah, we're going to take this and we're going to use it to build a habit of prayer, to build a practice of prayer. And the Christians continued that because the Christians uh, right, came right out of that Jewish tradition they saw that this was a good thing and they knew that the Lord had wanted them to pray. And so they continued to develop it year after year. And actually, as you go down through Christian history, what ended up happening was uh, the monks went to the monastery. Well, the monastery didn't have a bell, so they brought a bell tower and they put the bell tower up there and they rang the bell so that the monks knew when to pray, right? They didn't ring it, ring it because it was time to work. They rang it because it was time to pray and eventually they got tired of ringing it. So they came up with a way of mechanizing it, right, and having an actual clock, and they invented the clock all because it was about praying. It's, and they didn't invent the clock because it was uh, a time to fit more work into our day. It was rather to guide us to pray. And so as we look at the day, what we have to do is we have to figure out how we can use the very tools of our culture to build in habits into ourselves and to reinforce the spiritual life that we have. The Jewish people and the Christians were smart enough to know, hey, okay, here's something that Rome has given us, but we're going to redeem it. We're going to take it and we're going to use it for spiritual purposes. So the disciples go to Jesus and they say to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And so then Jesus gives them a model. We call it the Lord's Prayer. And oftentimes we'll repeat the Lord's Prayer, but what the Lord is doing is not trying to just give us a prayer to repeat. He's giving us a model to follow. So Jesus said, pray like this. He didn't say pray this. He didn't say repeat this over and over again as if it's going to do some magical thing. He said, let me give you a model for prayer. And so what I want to do is just in the next few moments, 
is take the Lord's Prayer and divide it up into sections for you that you can then use throughout your day and build into your day a habit of prayer. So let me just dive right into it. You're going to grab it quick because you're familiar probably with the Lord's Prayer. Just a matter of now breaking it up into different sections throughout your day to continually bring us back to this pattern and this habit of prayer. So the first one is this. So if we're going to build a daily schedule based on the Lord's Prayer, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to get up with gratitude. Right? The first thing that happens in the morning is we wake up. And, and this section we call Thanksgiving. You can put that in, in parentheses right there. So we're getting up with gratitude. This is Thanksgiving. This is the part of the day where when we're waking up. We're saying thank you to God for bringing a new day. Thank you, God, for waking me up and, and giving me all of your good blessings. And this is, of course, what the verse says uh, as Jesus teaches the Lord's Prayer. He, he, he says, your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Uh, this is how you should pray, our Father in Heaven. So we begin by acknowledging that we have a Father in Heaven that has given us everything that we need. Uh, James 1.17 says, every good thing, every good gift comes down from the Father of lights. Right? Every good thing that we have comes from Him. So when we begin the day, I want to encourage you, begin the day with gratitude. The very first thing that you do after you open your eyes is not, oh God, help me. It's, oh God, thank you, because here's another opportunity for your grace to be demonstrated. And what's more, I want to encourage you to, to get uh, uh, maybe a piece of paper or to put on your phone and create a gratitude list. Because remember, this is a nice idea unless you're actually going to do something about it. So get that piece of paper, fold it in half, and just begin to write out the things that you have that you need to be grateful for. Uh, you're thanking God for uh, life, for breath for health, for your family, uh, for his goodness, for provision. I mean, you can just go on and on and on, and you should bin, begin to create a list, and the list should just run off the page. And, and as you're more grateful, you'll discover there's more things to be thankful for, and that list will grow. And as the first thing that you do, before you grab the newspaper, before you grab your phone to do the social media, before you do anything else, grab the gratitude list and begin to work through it and talk to God and tell him how grateful you are. There's nothing like an attitude of gratitude that will truly transform your life. Do you know that gratitude, all the studies show, they've done medical studies on it, it changes things for the better in your life. It helps you psychologically, it uh, defeats depression, it raises, or rather, I'm sorry, lowers your blood pressure, it makes you healthier when you walk around with an attitude of gratefulness versus an attitude that so many people have in our culture of uh, discontent and bitterness. Uh, and so let's begin the day with gratitude. So that's how we start. And, and, and we, what we want to do is just thank our Father in heaven for his consistent love. And we recall all the ways that he's good to us. All right. So you wake up, you're grateful. And then the, the second part of the day is we're going to probably get ready and we're going to have breakfast. And of course, breakfast supposedly is the most important part of the day. And at breakfast time, what are we going to do? That's our number two. We're going to bless God's name at breakfast time going to bless his name, that is praise. That's what we put in parentheses, we put praise. Uh, Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 9, Jesus continues, he says, Hallowed be thy name, or holy is your name. So the second thing that God, or Jesus rather, tells us to do is, is we begin to exalt the name of the Lord. We actually make his name holy. That's what literally hallowed means. We're making his name holy. What, it is, what, what are we doing? We're declaring 
who he is. Now, in the Hebrew tradition, the name is very critical. Someone's name is indicative of their character. They would actually name people, and the name of the person uh, had to do with maybe how they were born or their destiny, something prophetic about their future, and it, it was always supposed to indicate the kind of character that person had. And in the same way, as we begin to reflect on the name, when Jesus says, pray to the Father, holy is your name, hallowed be thy name, what we need to do is, is we need to begin to express the nature of God. And this is that praise piece where we're beginning to reflect back to God, where we're reminding ourselves, but we're also lifting up his name and praise, who he is. And if you're not familiar with the names of God are in the Old Testament, I want to encourage you to do a study in this very readily available, but when you begin to understand the names that God identifies himself as to the people of Israel, they began to learn that God was a healer, right? He was Jehovah Rapha. They, they learned that God was a God who brought peace. He was Jehovah Shalom, you know, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner. He's the one that is the banner over us that goes before us, that we can always look to him because he holds his banner up for rescue. Uh, and uh, we can always see him that he's coming to redeem us. He's our Abba, right? He's the Abba Father. He's our loving uh, dad that is always waiting to visit with us. Uh, he is the El Shaddai, right? The God Almighty. And on and on and on, so many different names. And the more you understand the names of God, the more you know about God, and the greater your ability to pray is. See, if you don't know someone, it's hard to communicate with them. But the more you know about God, the more you know his nature, the easier it is to bring praise to him. You just say, God, I thank you because you're an almighty God that's able to provide for all of my needs, that I don't have to have any fears today because you're always going before me. You've promised to be my healer, to be my provider. You've promised to be with me and never leave me and forsake me. And then we can begin to praise him. Why? Because we have learned about who he is. We do that at breakfast time. We can do it quietly. We can do it loudly if you're in your house uh, or if people are sleeping. I guess you got to do it quietly like in my house. But uh, we do that then uh, there at that morning moment. And then as we begin to continue to go out throughout the day, we're going to hit that mid-morning time. Probably we've gone to work or these days during the pandemic, maybe you're at home working. And there's always that sort of mid-morning dip when you begin to lose focus. So maybe you've never had that experience, but I certainly have where uh, maybe 9, 10 o'clock, I just start to sort of lose my focus. The, I start to lose my, my to-do list. And it's a perfect reminder, perfect time when we can refocus on the Lord. And this is number three, at mid-morning, remember what matters most. Now I want you to write there, dedication. Dedication, we remember what matters most. Back to the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What matters most? His kingdom matters most. What matters most in your life? What it's, it's his priorities. It's not my priorities. It's not what I'm just trying to do at work. It's what he wants to do in me and through my work. And see, this is a moment when we're rededicating and refocusing our day, our lives, our purposes back into his will and his desires. And so here we're trying to, once again, realign ourselves with God's purpose and his plans for my life. So the great thing is, is that God has great plans for our lives. He has plans for every person on 
the planet. He is, he's actually taking all of history and he's making something out of it. History is his story. It's God's story. It's not our story. And so here in the middle of the morning, when we begin to lose focus, we just bring, bring ourselves back to a reminder. And this can even be just in 60 seconds, right? Maybe you stand up and you go behind your office door. Maybe you don't even have to close the door. And, 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 and you just say for a moment, or you go for a walk, you go to the restroom, whatever you need to do, and you say, Lord Jesus, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. Let your purposes be done in my life. Would you come today in, in my workplace, in my school place, in my home place, in every place that I walk, that your kingdom would come, that I would follow you, that all that you have to bring into this community, into this world, let it happen because you, Lord, are the one that's in charge of everything, all right? And that's what we do there at mid-morning. Now, we move towards lunchtime, and we know lunchtime, that, that final hour, usually between 11.30 and 12, or whatever you take lunch, is usually the longest hour of the day, when it seems that the clock ticks backward instead of forward, because we're waiting for lunch. Perhaps you're not as excited about lunch as I am, but lunch is my favorite meal of the day. And, uh, and it just seems like it won't come, but then it finally comes, and lunch is a time when we feed ourselves, right? Lunch is a time when we deal with our personal needs. And that's why I, don't, I want you to write number four, because it also has to do with your spiritual needs. Number four is this, I want you to list your needs, list my needs at lunch. This is our time of petition, of petition, P-E-T-I-T-I-O-N. Here we're talking about, back to God, those things, asking him for what is on our list. Verse 11, give us today our daily Bread. We're all familiar with that phrase. We pray the Lord, give us today, Lord, our daily bread. What is daily bread? Daily bread is everything that we need. Daily bread is not only practical provision, that is financial provision. It's a roof over your head. It's food to eat. It's care for your family. It's clothes for you to wear. It's all those things that you need to accomplish, uh, those things that you need to do in your life. But it's also spiritual provision, bread from heaven, the bread of life that feeds us every day, that's going to give us life and encouragement and keep us going. It's, it's emotional provision for the things, uh, the wounds that we have received in life. It's relational provision for uh, our spouse and for our kids and our interactions with them and our friendships. And God, how I, I, I so desperately need that you would help me uh, to walk through this life in victory. I need to know how to forgive, and I need to know when to ask for forgiveness. I need to walk through these things. Lord, would you please help me? And so we just ask God for everything that's on our list, and he loves for us to ask him. John 14, 13, uh, we're told, Jesus says this to us, you can ask anything in my name. See, Jesus actually is interested in hearing our requests and hearing our prayers, and he wants us just to give him the laundry list. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to answer every prayer. He's not going to give us everything that we want every time, but I'm amazed at how often uh, we simply just won't ask. We think it's unimportant. We think that God is not interested, and can you imagine how many things that God actually might want to give you and he might want to answer in your prayers, but because you've never asked, he'll never actually, you'll never receive it? My encouragement to, to you is the next uh, time you are preparing to buy something, maybe wait a little bit, maybe wait 24 hours and ask God for it, maybe a little bit longer. Have you ever done that? You know, Lord, I, I really would like a, uh, this or that. I, I need this or that, this tool or this thing. Uh, and, but instead of just saying, nah, I'll just go out and buy it, maybe ask the Lord for it and see what he does with it. It's amazing what he does when we simply open up our hearts. And so we just ask him 
for everything that's on our list, but it doesn't stop there. We also need to ask for what other people need, right? Where this is also intercession. It's not just for my personal needs. It's also for the needs of others because it says, give us this day our daily bread. It's not just my daily bread. It's the daily bread for the provision of the needs of the world. And so here we begin to pray for everyone and everything, all those things the Holy Spirit wants to pray for, all those people and relationships uh, with needs. And we listen to the Holy Spirit and we ask him to bring names and faces to our mind and we begin to lift them up in prayer because this time at lunch is so critical for us to feed not only our bodies, but we're feeding our soul at this time. And even as we're praying, right, even as we're chewing, we can be praying at the same time, lifting up our requests to the Lord. All right, so after lunch, we're probably going to go back to work, and we're at work, and perhaps as at our desk or wherever we're at, and we uh, come to that time uh, where we start to have that uh, lull after lunch, gets close to nap time, the siesta that we want to have. We move to number five. Uh, we ask for forgiveness in the afternoon. We ask for forgiveness in the afternoon. This is that section of confession, that section of confession, right? Uh, Jesus says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, right? And so here now we're beginning to cleanse ourselves, to ask God for forgiveness from all those things perhaps that have happened throughout the day. Now, if you're like me and you've maybe had some interaction with people during the day, there are a few people in your life that maybe are difficult people. Have you noticed? There's a few people in your life that rub you the wrong way. Maybe you're out, you went for a drive and someone cut you off, or maybe you had an interaction on the phone with somebody. Maybe you had a Zoom call with someone and it didn't go so well. So many different things that can happen and we end up saying something that we, oh, we really wish we wouldn't have said. We end up doing something we wish we wouldn't have done. And this is a good time during the day when we just kind of do a little reflection uh, and we begin to pray, Lord, would you, would you just kind of reveal to me those, those things that, that I need to begin to confess to you? Um, and I love Psalms 139. David prays the prayer that we all need to memorize. Search me, O God, and, and know my heart, right? Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any wicked way or offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. And there's something that happens when we open up uh, our spirit to the Lord. And we just begin to say, Lord, now would you just begin to speak to me about those things that are wrong, wrong attitudes, wrong actions, uh, wrong thoughts, wrong speech, uh, those things that didn't please you, those things that were selfish, those things that were sinful, those things that came from my flesh and not from your spirit. Boy, there's always there's always a list, and if you can't think of the list, he'll, he'll reveal to you those things. Sometimes they're willful and intentional, things that we have done willingly, knowing that we're being disobedient to the Lord. Sometimes they're things that they just sort of, we, we, we lost control, we got angry, and something slipped out. Uh, sometimes there's things that we're not even aware of, and, but His Holy Spirit begins to whisper to us uh, and speak to us about those things, and we just say, yes, Lord, I, I agree with you. Would you please forgive me. So here we just simply begin to admit those broken areas in our life. We begin to forgive those, right, um, who have frustrated us, forgive those maybe that, that we're carrying in this moment. And we begin to confess and release because we need that. Otherwise, we end up carrying guilt all day long. Uh, we carry shame for the things that we've done. And guilt and shame won't get you anywhere uh, productive and it won't help you move forward. 
and Jesus actually wants to cleanse you of all those things, which is why confession is so critical when we begin to release them. We're just honest with him. Lord, yeah, I really do need your help. All right, and we uh, probably move to the towards the latter part of our day, and usually our workday is wrapping up. Uh, we move to number six. We ask God to help us make wise decisions at this part of the day. This is the part of the day when a lot of times we're going home, we're ending the workday, and we're carrying all those things from the day of work back into our family life or back into the last part of our life. And here we begin to pray for protection because you need pr protection from temptation. I'm, I'm amazed uh, at how uh, we are creatures of habit and rhythms, uh, and we tend to fall into the same types of routines every day. And generally, at the end of the day, as we come to the workday, our guard, we begin to let it down, we become fatigued, we get tired, and suddenly things begin to slip out. We carry things from the day, and suddenly we wanted to have a great afternoon, evening with our family, but suddenly we're arguing with our family, or there's tense uh, interactions and because of the stress that we have carried in and we haven't dealt with. And uh, we find ourselves uh, self-medicating with things perhaps that we shouldn't, whether it's something that we drink or eat or something that we're watching that has no business uh, polluting our mind or entering into our body. It's temptations that are so readily apparent oftentimes in the evening hours. And so this is a perfect time as we're transitioning into uh, the latter half or latter third of our day uh, is that we transition into this time of prayer, asking God to rescue us from temptation, uh, verse th uh, 13, and lead us not into temptation, he says, but deliver us from the evil one. Listen, temptations are going to be part of the routine of life. We have to be ready for them. We have to strategize about them. The good news is, is that Jesus is totally aware of the things that we're facing, and he promises to, to be with us. If you don't know 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it's another verse. I want to encourage you to write down and to memorize, whether you're a young person or whether you're an old person, this verse reminds us that Jesus is with us at every moment of temptation. And, and when it seems so overwhelming, he not only is familiar with what we're dealing with, but he's there with us and, and, and it wants to help us escape out of it. Uh, verse 13 there of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, but God is faithful. Right? He will not allow you to be tempted more than you can stand. Right? But when you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. There's always a way out of temptation. There's always a way out of the, the strategies the enemy has for you. He's offering it to us, but we have to be on our guard. And that's why we pray, Lord, deliver us from the temptation that's coming. And then number seven, at the end of our day, we end our day with an encouraging truth. This is the benediction at the end of the Lord's Prayer, and it's a wonderful way to end the day uh, when we simply say, as Jesus taught us to, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I mean, here we are at the end of the day, and we once again turn our hearts towards the Lord, and no matter what has happened in the day, we can pray this prayer, whether it was the worst day of our life or the best day of our life, because at the end of the day, His still is the glory and the power. He is the one that's still worthy of everything that we have. And so we end the day there and we anticipate tomorrow morning, uh, I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna begin once again with gratitude. And here's what I want you to grab. I want you to remember 
that God will do more in our lives if we will do a little less of everything else and do a little more of prayer. We'll give a little bit more to him in prayer. He's going to do more with us in our lives. So many times we're so busy uh, that we just can't pray, right? We will find ourselves running in all kinds of different directions. We've got so many things to do. We'll begin to list them off. And we find we're exhausted at the end of the day. You'll be surprised that if you begin to instead carve out time for prayer, that he will, he will actually help you accomplish all the things that need to be accomplished in your day. Some of that you'll just discover some of those things were not very important. And some of those things, they will happen much more easily and much more readily. You'll get answers to problems that you didn't even know that you had yet. But because we have taken our time to go to him and to yield ourselves to the Father, We'll discover that he actually expands our time and he blesses our time. One verse for this, which I just love how it reads, Proverbs 10, 27. Reverence for God adds hours to each day. That every day as we begin to give our lives and hearts and time to him, somehow he expands the day to accomplish the things that need to be accomplished. It's kind of like tithing, right? Kind of like giving, when we understand that principle of giving and, and we discover that the 90% that we live on suddenly goes much farther than just that all that 100% when we spend it purely on ourselves, when we've given that 10% to God. As we take our day and as we take control of our day and we begin to build into it a routine of prayer, we'll discover that God will meet us throughout the day. We'll discover that this habit of praying throughout the day has the power to transform and change our lives. I want to encourage you, take the technology that can rule your life and run you ragged and use it to redirect your life so that you can meet with God. We, we, we run our lives oftentimes with our, with our cell phones. Uh, on our phones, we have alarms and we have dates and we have all the things. We have reminders. Well, let's start to use those to build times and habits of prayer. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I just ask that you would help us to learn how to seek you moment by moment, day by day. We want to learn how to pray all the time. It seems so difficult to us, and yet you've given us a pattern and a strategy. So God, help us to pray. Help us to pray uh, in the morning when we wake up and at breakfast time. Help us to pray in, in, in the mid-morning when we're starting to uh, fall into uh, the, the routine and begin to lose our focus. And, and the lunch, at lunchtime, Lord, when we're uh, feeding our own selves, help us to feed our soul all throughout the day, Lord. Help us to pray. I pray you would teach your people to be a, a people full of prayer and that you would move and do great things for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the message, and we hope to see you on a Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Visit us online at kchamford.com, and if you want to support our ministry, click Give. Cornelia Church, passion for God, compassion for people.